And today is such a special day. I, get, I still get goosebumps every time I see all of those flags come in. And the reason that I get goosebumps, I don't know about you, but when I see each one of those flags, it represents a nation. And each one of those nations represents people. People that God has a great desire to reach and touch and, and understand how much he loves them and that he has a special purpose and destiny for their lives. Uh, one of the great privileges that I have is being able to pastor our church, Eastside City Church. Our, our subtitle of our church is a church for all nations. And I, 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 many times I go around and I minister with other leaders and pastors and they're like, oh yeah, we, we, we've been to this church and they say they're a church for all peoples and this church. And they go, but man, that Eastside City Church, you guys actually, you really are a church for all nations. And it is true uh, because I believe that God's design and what he's done with us is something very special. And if you're here and you're a part of this church, I want to remind you today that you're a part of something incredibly special. I believe it's a picture of what heaven is where the Bible says that there will be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping together around God's throne. You know, I believe this as well, that we're believing God has more for us, that uh, I'm believing that God is going to bring even more people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And it's something that I believe is a call upon us. And I think as we begin to move forward, I know in my heart that God is going to use us and touch us and, and the Holy Spirit is going to move among us. You know, there are challenges, though, when you walk together with other cultures. We don't all see things the same way. We don't see church the same way. We don't see the way that we respond to God sometimes the same way because of where we grew up. And I say this when I am around different cultures. I believe this, that every single nation, nationality around the world has something that God has blessed them with, every country that is to be a gift to the rest of the world, that needs to be discovered, it needs to be released. But I also got to say this, I know, and I, you know, I grew up as a, I didn't grow up in Canada, I grew up in the United States, and some of you might have feelings about that. Uh, it's a crazy world that we live in. I say this, that every nation also has things, and if we're really honest, God needs to redeem. <laughs> they need God to touch them, and that's why I always say this, when we look at our culture, we celebrate culture, but the kingdom of God, the culture of God, always triumphs over our culture. Can I say amen to that? So today is a day we celebrate, a day to celebrate people connected to Eastside and who serve the purposes of God around the world. It's a, a day to emphasize the importance of sowing seed into the so good soil of world missions. Romans 13.7 says that we're to give honor to whom honor is due. And I wish I could have all of our missionaries here with us today so that we could celebrate them and applaud them. Let's just give all of our missionaries a hand even prophetically here today that we would say, thank you for what you're doing. We're so grateful for that. So we've already, Peter already shared Mark and Lisa in Haiti. They finally have been able to go back. They just went back last week for the first time in three years. The country has settled down enough to do that. But in Haiti, Arise are doing beautiful things. Peter and Linda Mayhem with Lifeway Bible Churches in the Philippines. Incredible. 
Peter shared, Tim and Meryl Smith, Worship Without Borders. Now, now they're based in Portland, where I grew up, Portland, Oregon, but they go all around the world teaching and raising up new worship leaders. You heard Marion Mail with Northern Christian Training Center in Fiji. Uh, everybody always jokes, like, who doesn't want to go to Fiji? I mean, that's, I know people are asking me all the time, Pastor, can we go with you on a missions trip? Well, which one would you like to do? I'd like to go to Fiji. That sounds awesome. Uh, but there's a lot of work to do there. Dan and Yvonne Harding, uh, I, I have Smile Village, but I know they're with a, a bigger organization in Zimbabwe. And then we have our friends, our friends Ben and Jen in Southeast Asia. And I'll probably talk once we're done with this, we're done recording, just give you a little bit more insight into what they're doing. But we can't, we can't publicize it. It's dangerous. Uh, they are dealing with people that if, uh, if they're exposed, it could be life-threatening for people. And as you saw today, we're, we're going to be adding uh, a couple missionaries. I say a couple because one of them you already have known. They've been a part of our church for many years. We're going to be reestablishing some things with Wilner and Leonora Pegling with Lighthouse Missions in the Philippines. We love them, and, and we're here to encourage them and support them. I have a feeling in the years to come we'll hear from him as well as Ha Nguyen and Brenda and and you, you might go, hey, do we not know some new ones in this church? You know, Paul and Tim. Yes, that's their dad. It's their father. But he and I have been, you know, meeting together for many years. And as you can see, he's a part of an incredible ministry. And I want to encourage you to grab one prayer card. Peter said one. He's, he's being modest here. If you want to grab all of them, you can. What we're asking is that if you grab a card, you pray for the people that you're grabbing the card for. So why do we support missions? Why are we doing this today? I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about this. Well, the word mission comes from the Latin word, which means to send or to go. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, in the New Living Translation, Jesus said this, and then he said, told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Preach the good news to everyone. You see, the, the, until the 15th century, the word missio, or mission, was used to speak of who God is, not just something that we do. It was an understanding in the early church. It was an understanding with believers that if you were a follower of Jesus, that one of the callings that, that God had on your life was that you would be sent into places or you would go into places where people needed to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that through the direction of the Holy Spirit, I believe this, God was sending or sent his followers to show his glory to people everywhere. In Acts chapter 1-8, if you remember, they were praying for the Holy Spirit to come. They're up in the upper room after Jesus had left. And here was the promise that was spoken to the people. It said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, we are a Holy Spirit church, and we believe in the working of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'm asking God that he's going to release more of his Holy Spirit in our lives and in our presence, that we're going to see God do more miracles, that we're going to see God do more healings, deliverances, and all of that stuff here. Who's excited about that? Would you like to see more of the power of God released? Now, now those are great things, but we have to remember, why did God send us the Holy Spirit? Well, he goes on to say this, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in, uh, where are we at here? In Jerusalem, in 
Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Sorry, I got my notes all mixed up here. You see, God designed for those who follow him to be those who would go and declare the gospel or the message of Jesus wherever it is needed. You see, Jerusalem was their city. We, we, we understand that, that if we're planted here at Eastside City Church in Calgary, our job is to make sure that people in Calgary know about who Jesus is. But the Holy Spirit also came for Judea. Well, Judea was their province. It would be the equivalent of Alberta. It was saying, we want to make sure that, that in Alberta the message of the, the God is preached. And are there places in Alberta where the, the gospel isn't known? I believe that there still are some places that, where it's not very common. In Samaria was their country, Canada. Who here believes that Canada needs more of Jesus? We, we, we need to see more of Jesus declared in Canada. But then he goes, but also to the ends of the earth. And you know what? When I, when, I, when I studied what the ends of the earth means, you know what it means? It means to the ends of the earth. It means everywhere. It means that we're called to go everywhere that, that God leads us. So God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we would go and become as witnesses and ambassadors everywhere in the world. And this wasn't just something that happened when Jesus came or in the New Testament. Actually, it was, it was a command that God gave from the very beginning of time. If you look at Genesis and creation, God determined that we as people would go and occupy and rule over every place of the earth so that his goodness and glory would be revealed. Listen to this. Genesis 1.28, the first part in verse 8. says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. He was saying, Go! Go out! Go do this! Now, now, now most of you probably know the story about the Tower of Babel. It's the reason we have so many languages. Because some people got the idea, we don't want to go anymore. <laughs> We just want to stay here. We like this valley. We're going to build a great city. We're going to build a tower to God. Uh, Nimrod was his name. Don't be a Nimrod. I say that. You know, Nimrod was his name. He wanted to do that. And so God said, no, no, that wasn't my plan. So he confused their languages. Why? Because he wanted them to go. He wanted people to spread out. You see, we were not designed to be settled or restricted, but we're to be, uh, we're to go to everyone everywhere. And here's the thing that I learned about Everywhere and everyone as it means everywhere and everyone. All people are incredibly important to God the Father. We are to go and govern wherever Jesus is not honored. Okay. So not only nations, but areas of society, education, government, media, business, and the like. We all have a mission to reach people everywhere there are people. And I want to say this today. If you are like, well, I, you know what, Pastor Todd, I'm not an evangelist or I don't consider myself a missionary. I don't have any really exciting desire to go to other countries. And, uh, you know, it kind of makes me nervous. Can I tell you something today? That if you are a follower of Jesus, there is an anointing on you to be a missionary. <laughs> oh, come on. There's got to be more excitement for this. I know some of you are like... That was my fear as a teenager. If I became a Christian, God was going to make me be a missionary and I was going to have to go to uh, some country way over here and eat bugs and stuff. But the reality of it is, is you're called to be a missionary right here in your home, in your house. Some, of you, some, some people need some missions in their home right now. 
We need missionaries in our schools and in our job places and in our workplaces. You're called. you got a calling. You're called to bring about change through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Come on. But we're also called to touch the nations of the world. And we can do that in many different ways. You see, we reach them here, reach them here and there. We reach them all around there when we go to them in our families, our schools, our communities, all of our places. See, I, I say this, a true follower of Jesus is a missionary for Jesus wherever they go. And I believe this, I, I wanna say this to you. I believe that a lot of people wouldn't feel sometimes the frustration they feel in serving God if they could grasp a hold of this. Because your life was meant to be an adventure for God. Now, here's what Jesus also said in Matthew 24, 14. And he says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Now, I just had a funny, this is me being a pastor Todd in my mindset. I have a lot of people a lot of time that tell me, Look, pastor, can you not see with all the stuff that's going on in the world that Jesus is coming back soon? Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. And I'm like, yeah, I would like to agree with you, but I can't for this one reason. And I say, he's not coming back soon because the Bible says he will not return until every people group on the planet has been able to hear his name preached. Now, did you know According to the Joshua Project, this is a group that studies how missions are going around the world, how, who's been reached, who's been talked to. Did you know that there are over at least 100 people groups around the world that have never been reached in a significant way? Church, there is still much work to do in preaching the gospel. And so until that happens... Jesus is, he's, he's, okay, I don't want to, I know I'm ruining some, ruining some people's, you know, eschatology here a little bit. Oswald J. Smith says this, we talk of the second coming of Jesus, but half the world has never heard of the first coming. We, <laughs> so, so why wouldn't, here's how we got to see things. You know, it's not just about us and our frustrations and our discomfort. You see, Jesus wants everyone to have the opportunity to know about his love and forgiveness. Would you agree with that? That the heart of the Father, the heart of God is that every person would have that opportunity to know who he is and how much he loves them and wants to forgive them. Second Peter 3, 9, I wish that none would perish. That's what Jesus said. So unless people go and share the gospel with him, people will not know him. Now, sometimes I, I, I have this, this was presented to me when we, we begin to talk about missionaries. But we have many people right here in, in, in Calgary who have not heard about Jesus. And I say, it's true. You're right. And that's why I go back to it. It's why each one of us is called to be a missionary. But local outreach and world missions are not one or the other proposition. They're both in. We need to be involved both in local missions and world missions. And I know this firsthand that missions changes people's lives. I still remember my very first missions trip, and I'm going to share this as I kind of close things down here today. I remember the first time that I went on a missions trip, it was to the country of Mexico. It was a wonderful time. 
Who knows that the first time you do something, it's always incredibly memorable. You, you kind of remember it. And, and, and it was in my third or fourth year of being the youth pastor here at Eastside City Church. God put this desire in my heart. It's like, let's take a group of young people to, to, to Mexico. And so we, 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 and the reason I picked Mexico, you want to know why it, was, it wasn't this super holy thing? It was because of this. Uh, it was the only place that I knew of a missionary, that I knew them, that I personally had talked to them. And so we started planning six months before we left and did fundraising, did cultural preparation. Initially, we worked on some skits and some music numbers and other performances to help communicate biblical messages. Because, hey, when I grew up, that's what you did. I, I grew up in the time of living videos. Remember living videos where you acted out songs and did all of that stuff? I mean, that was, that was my youth years. Come on. Anybody mocks it, that's going to hurt. That would hurt my heart. Now, I say initially that was our plan because two months before we left, the Lord spoke to me to trash all the performances and prepare the team to be ready to serve wherever is needed. He said, don't do all that stuff. So then I had parents coming to me like, hey, uh, hey, what, what are you guys going to do in Mexico? I'm like, I don't know. Now, can you imagine going to parents' meetings and this is, you're selling your trip, like this is going to be an awesome thing. Here's the other thing that was crazy. The only thing that I knew was the name of the pastor. I never had a picture of him. This was before internet was really that good. Um, and I didn't know who he was except that he was going to be at the airport to pick us up. Um, who here would ever fly somewhere and not know who is going to be picking you up at the airport? It was crazy. I can't believe that, f that some parents let 14 of their kids go with us. And I remember as we were flying into Mexico City, I silently wondered if I'd lost my mind. And when we landed, because I only had the name of the leader and not a picture, as we came through security, two men approached us, pointing for us to follow them. Now, here's, here's what's even crazier. We thought that one of the people on our team could speak Spanish. They only had the level of a four-year-old child. And somehow we went and got into vans and buses and made it to the village where we were staying by the grace of God. And when we arrived at the village, and this is where this whole idea about skits and why we were not supposed to do that, we found out the church had arranged for us to stay at a hotel that had a nice pool. And they would just grab us each day or every other day when we, they had services and projects and we'd come and do our thing and we'd just go back to the hotel. And the Lord prompted something to me like, well, why would you do that? And they said, well, we had a team come in here from Canada a year ago, and that's all they wanted to do. And I felt the Lord prompted me to ask them if we could stay with people in their homes. And they broke down crying. They broke down weeping because they couldn't believe that we wanted to actually get to know them. And so some of our kids, listen to this, stayed in some nice guest houses. Others stayed in homes that had dirt floors and thatch roofs. All of them learned what it was like to take cold showers. Some of them learned to bathe in a wash bucket. One group stayed in a casita, listen to this, that was infested with scorpions. Now, I, it was like three or four days in, and I asked them, I said, why didn't you come and tell me? Well, I forgot I'd made a rule that they weren't allowed to complain about anything. <laughs> People actually believed me then. It was amazing. 
But this house, I came to it, and I'm not kidding you, when I got there, there was about 200 scorpions on the ceiling and crawling down the walls. And it was my group of girly girls that was staying there. And I asked them, how, how, how did you make it through that? And they said, well, we would just pray until we were exhausted and we eventually just collapsed and fell asleep. <laughs> well, we came there to do what we did and the job that the church had for us was to build a foundation. The church was growing in this little village and, uh, and we had to move some fruit trees and we had some uh, hoes and picks that were branches were the handle so we went and bought some more of that and and um, the first two days I remember this nobody would come from the church and help us remember what I said they'd had a group that had come the year before that was not very kind and so they wanted to see what we were like they wanted to see if we actually would work hard and it was about 40 degrees Celsius every day secondly there was an apartment building that was three stories that overlooked the area where we were working And there was a lady that came out every day and she would yell and scream and she was screaming stuff. And I was asking them, well, who is that? And they're like, oh, it's not important. I'm like, no, no, I got to know who that is. She seems to be pretty unhappy about some things. And they said, oh, that's the town witch. And she's screaming and cursing at you and our church, telling us if you don't leave that you're going to die. Oh, you know, small things like that. So they said, I said, I think we need to do something about this. And they said, well, what do you want to do? I said, we're going to show up an hour earlier. We're going to gather together. I want worship music. If you can get us some uh, worship music on a stereo, we're going to come together. We're going to pray. And I said, and by the way, let's just keep the worship music playing super loud all day so we can't hear whatever she's saying. I don't want to. And so she, after a day of competing with the worship music, she left. She stopped. And then the people in the church started to come and help. And we began to work together and we began to build relationships and we began to see God touch people. There'd be moments where even though we couldn't really understand each other's languages, the Holy Spirit would just come and begin to, 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 to minister to people. And here's something that was really crazy. As we were working the soil, after we began to worship and seek God, we actually noticed that our, the ground began to yield to us and we were able to get four times as much work as we did before when their cursing was going on. We saw many other miracles on the trip. People in the village were set free from unforgiveness that also then led to demonic influences being poured off of them. People came to Jesus. I remember every day we would go by as we'd walk to the church from where we were staying and there was a group of us and we'd go to a certain cantina where there was a family and we would just talk to them each and every day about what we were doing, why we were there. They couldn't understand, why would you come and do that? Why would you, why would you come to our village? What's important about our village? Well, on the last Sunday that we were there, the mom, the dad, the six kids, grandma and grandpa on both sides of the family, aunties and uncles, all came to the church. I think in that family, there were 30 people that day that gave their heart to the Lord. It was a biblical moment because I read, you know, you read where it would be like, and then the household of so-and-so became followers of Jesus. I was like, I now know what that looks like. I got to experience it, something I'd never seen here. And then the church, just the unity that was there, people working together, worshiping together, 
And I still remember this, and I'm going to finish here. When it was time to go home as we had a team huddle, we asked this question. I asked this question, who would like to stay another week? Now, these kids didn't have TV for 10 days. No comforts. In fact, listen to this. Some of them were battling with salmonella poisoning because we'd gotten some food that wasn't good, and they were sick. And even with all that, every single person said, if we can stay another week, we would do it, Pastor Todd. See, not only does God change people through us, but God changes us when we serve him through missions. And I highly recommend that each one of us, if we have the opportunity, does a short-term mission trip at some point in our life. We're going to be creating some opportunities. I've got some ideas and some people that we're going to plan some things with here in the next 12 to 18 months. I'd like to see us do a trip or two. And I know that, though, that as I say this, not everyone can go for uh, many reasons. And it's okay, because you can fulfill your mission right where you live while supporting missions around the world. We can always pray for people. God has given all of us a call to prayer. We can give. We can give of our resources and our finances, and we can be missionaries. You see, I believe this, that all who participate in the work of the ministry and the missions of the ministry will receive a reward. Paul states this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 9. Listen to what he says. He goes, I planted a seed in your heart. Apollos watered it. God who made it grow, but it was God who made it grow. And it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. Listen to this. The one who plants... And the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. And you are God's field. You are God's building. You see, whether you go overseas or we invest our time and resources into reaching people with the love of Jesus, we will all be rewarded. Jeffrey R. Holland makes this statement, missionary work is not easy because salvation, listen to this, is not a cheap experience. I'm asking for you today to pray about what God is asking you to do. Pray how you can support our missionaries or, and mission endeavors. And the goal first is that we would just be aware of what's going on, that we would grab those prayer cards, we'd take those, thing, those home with us, and we would faithfully pray over them. That's what we're asking you to do. Take it. Pray over it. Second, we want to raise funds for the work of missions. And our goal between now, April of this year, and March of next year, is that we're going to raise $40,000. Some of you may be led to give a one-time gift. Maybe God is stirring things up in your heart. I know that tax returns are coming up. There's an opportunity to do that. Here, I'm not trying to pull punches with you today. I'm just being honest. Others might want to establish a weekly or monthly goal. Some of you, may, God may put on your heart to give a gift of $1,000, or maybe it might be a monthly gift of $100, maybe even just $10. Not equal measure, but equal sacrifice. I'm not here to guilt you, but to give you the opportunity of receiving your mission's reward today. Psalms 2.8, only ask 
and I will give you the nation as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You know, maybe you're here today, I don't wanna finish with this, I'm gonna pray over two things. Maybe there's some of you that God has been stirring something in your heart for years, you've known about it. Maybe it's something new or maybe it's been something that's been doormat in your heart. You know that God has called you to go to some places that there's been a dream in your heart and you're just like, well, seasons of life haven't allowed it to happen. But I have something inside of me that believes God is speaking to me. If God's speaking to you, would you just raise your hand right now? I wanna pray for you that, that it could be a short-term thing. It could be a longer-term thing. It could be just, you know, it, it could be a, a weekend journey. It could be a month. Father, I just pray that for those that feel that they have a, a call to go to some nations, to go places, Lord Jesus, that you would just, you would just stir up in their hearts, that this passion would just continue to burn. Lord, I pray that you would make room in their lives for this opportunity. Lord, if you've called them to a specific place, Lord, that they'd even begin to learn about the culture. They begin to learn the language. They begin to learn some things, God, so that you can do what you want to do in them and through them. Lord, I pray for others today, Father God, that, that maybe aren't sure, Lord, that you would just begin to stir things up in them. And Lord, that you would use each one of us in a powerful way. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I also pray today that the, for the resources for missions to be multiplied. I believe that God, as we give today, wants to expand it and use it. And so, Father, I pray that your resources would be unleashed here today. Lord, that your resources would be poured out today so that, God, the work can continue to go forward. Lord, I pray that you would inspire us and call us. Lord, not just to be those who, who give. We pray for that, that generosity to be there. But Lord, that we would see ourselves as those who are on mission wherever we live, wherever we work, wherever we go.